Good evening, everybody. Glad you've joined us tonight for our Wednesday night Bible study. Excited about our time to study God's Word this evening. I want to let you know next week, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at uh, questions that you submit. So if there's any question you've ever had on any subject, any question, if you'll submit that in the comments, if you'll post that in the comments on this video, uh, we'll formulate a biblical answer and we'll answer those questions the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be a good study. Any question you've ever had on any subject, however big, however small, if you'll submit those, post those to the comments uh, below this video. Uh, tonight we're going to continue our study on the subject of eternal security. We're actually going to wrap that up this evening, looking at the question, can a saved person ever be lost again? I believe that is a big issue. It is an important issue, and I believe it is a gospel issue. There are some that would say, well, uh, this issue is not one that we should press. Uh, this is one that maybe we should just agree to disagree with some other folks, or as, as long as we're agreeing on the main things, that this is not something that we ought, to, we ought to spend much time on. Well, the truth is, it is an important doctrine. It is a necessary truth. And I believe it truly is a gospel issue. And so we've, we've spent a few weeks looking at the question, can a saved person uh, ever be lost again? Now, at this point, I want to say what I've been saying uh, throughout the, the study, and that is this. This is not a Baptist issue. Sometimes I hear folks say, well, the Baptist doctrine of this or, or this Baptist doctrine. Uh, understand and be very clear, we do not want a Baptist doctrine. We do not really care what a church says, what a denomination says, what a, what a pastor, what a, a preacher would say, but we want to know what God has said. And so we're going to go to His Word. Now be, be very sure that's with every issue. Now that's with every situation. We want to know what God has said. We want to build a biblical understanding, and so we go to the Bible, the Word of God. Well, it's going to be the same with this subject as well. I want to start off with a very quick review. Uh, all of these lessons are on our website. They're also on YouTube, on Facebook. I'll tell you, I think it'll be worth the time to go back. And if you've missed one or two of these, if you want to go back and look at those, I think it'll be worth your time. But starting off tonight with a, with a quick review, uh, the first week we started into this question. We answered the question, what does it mean to be saved? And that's, that's the starting place. If a, if a person that's saved could be, ever be not saved, uh, we go to the starting place of what does it mean to be saved. Well, we saw that we are saved in God's grace by faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is God's grace, His kindness, His mercy, His love shown to us that we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. There is not a religious thing that we need to do. There is nothing that needs to be added. There is no effort, no work of a person, not a priest, not a preacher, not the person being saved. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. That is a tremendous truth. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And some folks will say, well, I haven't done anything to be saved. Well, guess what? You can't do anything to be saved. Some would say, well, you know what? I don't deserve to be saved. Well, that's the truth. None of us deserve to be saved. Some might say, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough yet. Or maybe if I would do some things, then I would be good enough. Listen, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. We're saved by faith in the gospel, the truth of our Savior, 
Jesus Christ. That is why it's good news. That's why it's an awesome salvation. You don't have to do things. You can't do anything. You don't have to uphold some religious standard. There's not a standard that you can uphold. We are saved by faith in the finished work of the gospel, the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. How are we saved? By faith in Jesus Christ. Then the second week, we saw the truth that once a person is saved, they remain saved. Once they're saved, they're always saved. Some people would say that. Uh, but we, we saw some reasons for that. And, and really, it's, it's just seeing what, what God's Word says. The first thing we see is God's promise. And we went and looked at a whole bunch of verses. We looked at, at verb tenses. We looked at word meanings. And we took the full counsel of God's Word. And we, we see that it comes to the truth that once a person is saved, they're always saved. Now, part of that, we saw that we are saved in God's power. It is God's power that saves us. The same power that walks Jesus out of the tomb and he's alive again. It is that power, the same power that saves us. Well, it is that same power, God's power, that keeps us saved. Now, that's, a, that's an awesome thing. God and his power saves me, saves you by faith in Jesus. In his power, he keeps us saved. Now, we saw a big idea right there, and we saw why the, these truths are, are all really interlinked and why all the pieces matter. We saw the truth that if you have to do something to be saved, that it would just naturally, it would just logically flow that there must be some things you must do to stay saved. And generally when I find someone that says you can lose your salvation, I see some mix of works generally entering in to their idea of what it means to be saved. Well, if you can do something to be saved, it's going to just follow. You're going to have to do some things to stay saved. And so we saw that, that truth, that it's in God's power, not our power, not our willpower, not our staying power, but it's in God's power that we're saved. It's in God's power that we stay saved. And then we saw another awesome thing, that we are sealed uh, in our salvation. Uh, an awesome truth, just as a king would take his ring and he would seal an, an official declaration, an official edict, God seals us, the Bible says, Ephesians 1.13, in the indwelling, the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. The fact that the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us, that is God's seal showing that we are sealed until the day of redemption. That's what the verse says. And so we have His seal, and that is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so we have God's promise, what His Word says. We have His power, that we're saved in His power. We're kept saved in His power. And then we have the awesome seal of the Holy Spirit of God. And that was the second week. And then last week, the third week, we came to the, to the question, why does it matter? Now, we've, we've covered this ground. We've looked at these truths, these things. But the question, why does it matter? And I think that some, maybe for a lack of information or, or maybe for a lack of ambition to, to look into the subject, will say, well, maybe it really doesn't matter. Well, we, we saw last week that it does matter. It absolutely matters. It does matter. Now, a couple of the reasons. First off, it's for our peace. Our peace. Be sure we have no peace if this is not settled. 
And I, I think that's as plain as day. We have no peace if we're not sure if we're saved. We have no peace if we're not sure if we haven't somehow lost our salvation. And instead of having peace, we're placed on a treadmill of worry. Am I saved? Did I do something to, to forfeit my salvation? Have I sinned? And has my sin been too great? And so we're on this treadmill of worry. We're also placed on a treadmill of works. I have to do better. And I have to show that I'm saved. And I have to show that I'm worthy of this salvation. And I have to keep the level of works up to, to keep my salvation. So instead of having peace, we're filled with worry. We're, we're consumed in works. And so the first reason it matters is that we would have peace. Jesus says, I came that you would have peace. Well, the first reason is peace. Second reason we saw, and it's, it's as big as any of them, is the truth that it is the gospel. It is the gospel. Why does it matter? It's because it's the gospel. To change this changes the gospel. And I don't, I don't know how we can say that any more clearly. Um, if you are saved by faith, but you're kept saved by works, it becomes a gospel of works, doesn't it? If you're saved by, by professing faith in Christ, but you have to do things to say saved, it is a salvation of works. Well, the good news is it's not of any work. That's what the Bible says. It is in God's grace by faith in Jesus Christ. And so to mess with this, to change this, is to actually change the truth of our gospel. It is that big of a deal. The last reason we saw last week is our productivity. And sometimes we might think, well, that's not a big deal. What well, absolutely is a big deal. God has commissioned us. He has called us to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ, to preach the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, the truth of Jesus, that many people, that folks would find a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Well, let me just tell you this. If this is not settled for you, you will not worry about it for others. And that, that's what I've noticed and that's what I see. If you're worried about am I saved and maybe I'm, not, maybe I'm not saved, maybe I haven't been good enough to stay saved. If you're consumed thinking about yourself, it just makes sense. You're not going to be worried about the lost folks around you. Well, listen, that's a, that's a ploy of Satan. He can, he can stifle you and mess you up and consume you in this and you're not going to carry out the commission that God has given us to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. And so it does matter. It does matter. It matters for our peace. It matters for the truth of the gospel. And it matters for our productivity, our faithfulness to the great commission of Jesus Christ. Listen, we need to start saying it does matter. It does matter. Well, today we're going we're to look at our last piece of this study. And, and as I was looking, there's several other things we could probably bring into the conversation, but this, this is where we're going to end our study for, for this section. And it's an important thing to address. And I'm, I'm glad to address it. And that is this. What about verses that seem to say that we can lose our salvation? And, and some of these folks that are coming to a different conclusion it's because of these verses. And so what about verses that seem to say that we could lose our salvation? Now, here's the deal. We can't just set them aside. We can't do that. 
We can't just overlook them. And sometimes we say, well, I don't understand that. And so I'll just look over it. I'll, I'll not pay attention to it. We can't just overlook them. But really, this is part of building a biblical understanding of this doctrine. What does the Bible say? What do all of the verses say? And we look at the full counsel of the Word of God. What about verses that say, if you persevere, you will be saved. If you endure, you'll be saved. It seems that it's adding something, a requirement to being saved. Or what about verses in Hebrews that talk about the dangers, the perils of falling away. Well, if it talks about the danger of falling away, well, that must mean there's a possibility that we could fall away. And so what about these verses that would tend to say or, or it seem to say that a person that is saved could be lost again? Well, let me, let me just tell you, this is a great thing to study. Now, this is a good thing to settle. And, I, and I'll just say something that I've learned over these years it is that we do not have to shrink away from any part of God's Word. God's Word will stand. And so when He talks about creation, we don't have to shrink away from that. God's Word will stand. When it talks about how, how it ends and, and how Christ comes again and all those things, heaven, we do not have to shrink away. We can stand because God's Word will stand. And that is in all issues. And so understand we're not going to have to shrink back from these verses, but it is in looking at these verses that we're going to come to a biblical understanding, a biblical conclusion. And let me say, and I'll just tell you, and I don't know that, that, that you'll hear this very often, if there is a portion of Scripture that you can disprove, you should disprove it. And if we're believing something that's not there or it's not confirmed or it's not validated in Scripture, we ought not believe it. And so it's not that we're going to put blinders on and say, well, I believe it in faith. No, we're going to have an, a, an informed faith, a smart faith led by the truth of God's Word. And so this is going to be a good thing to see what these verses mean and how we understand these verses. We're not going to gloss over them. And so let's dig in tonight and let's see these verses. What about verses that seem to say that a person that is is saved can be lost again. Let me, let me just read some verses. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22 says this, But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Now, Jesus is speaking there. Listen to that again. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Saved. Let me, let me read some more verses. Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. That's Jesus speaking again. It seems to say that the requirement of being saved is enduring, is persevering to the end. And so it would seem to say, if you're not enduring, that you will not be saved. And I'll just tell you at face value, it appears to be a work. At least persevering seems to be a necessary requirement, a work to being saved. All right, another verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 2, verse 12. If we endure, that word means persist, if we last. If we endure, we also will reign with Him. If we deny Him, 
he will deny us. It really is the same train of thought. Another verse, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Can you start in faith and stop? Can you start in salvation and not finish in salvation? Do you have to persevere? Do you have to walk it out to be saved? Is that a requirement of salvation? There are some other verses that would, that would agree with these. Can you say to what I believe and I started in faith, but now I've stopped? Or can you say to what I started in salvation, but I'm not going to finish? Do you have to persevere in order to be saved? Is that a requirement? Now, now stay with me. Um, remember this. Now, here, here we go. We're going to start to build the answer. Remember, the Bible says very clearly that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Now, that's, that's not ambiguous. That is very clear. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Ephesians says that. Galatians says that. When do you say? By faith, by hearing. Jesus says that. The Gospels say that. Romans says that. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Well, then here's the issue. So is there a contradiction? Is there a, is there a conflict here? Because now it seems that, that at least these, this section of verses, these verses are, are, are reporting to us that we're going to have to persevere in order to be saved. Is there a contradiction? Now, I'll just tell you, not at all, not in the least, see, see this tonight. We're going to have to understand, and I said it was going to be a good study. Well, this is a good thing. We're going to have to understand a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now hold on a minute. Are there different types of faith? I thought we were saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I want you to understand what it is, what faith it is that we're saved by. So, yes, it's faith in Jesus Christ, but, but I, want, I, want to, I want you to understand what a saving faith is that results in our salvation. That's going to be the key. So see this, a saving faith is not possessing information. It's not possessing the information of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I have the, the truth that Jesus was born and he lived and he died and he's resurrected and these events are sure and these are the events written it's not possessing the information. It is not having the facts. I have all the facts. It's not even having all of the facts of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, it is not accepting the facts. Okay, I get it. I, I agree. These are the facts. The Bible says, I think it's interesting, demons believe. Demons don't, demons don't say, you know what, I, don't, I, I, I disregard this and I don't believe this and I have an issue with this. Even the demons believe. But, but a saving faith, it's not the accumulation of knowledge. It's not possessing the facts. It's not even accepting the facts. Listen to this. It is faith in the truth of those facts. It is trust and trusting in Jesus 
for your salvation. I, I, I can't say that strongly enough, and I, and I want to be sure you understand that. It's not having the facts that there is a Savior. It is you trusting that Jesus is our Savior. It is, it is you believing, my, myself believing my state. I am a sinner. I am loved by God, but I have rebelled against God. I am a sinner. And it's also trusting and believing Jesus' state. He is the Lamb of God. He carries away the sin of the world. He never sinned. He was able as my kinsman redeemer to buy me back from the debt of my sin. He goes to the cross. He pays the penalty. His payment, not my payment, His payment is received. And so it, it is not me just owning, having these facts. It is trusting the truth of Jesus for your salvation. I grab onto that. I trust that. I believe in Jesus as my Savior, as the Christ. Do you see the difference in that? The demons say, yeah, we know that. We know that. But you know what? They're not, they're not able, but they're not trusting in His salvation. You know what? It's not you saying, I, I have the facts. It is you saying, I understand I'm a sinner. I understand the truth of who Jesus is. And I believe it. And I trust in Jesus for my salvation. It is a faith. Yes, it is a saving faith because you are trusting Jesus for your salvation. He is your Savior. Now, let me, let me say that, that. That shows me why the truth of the gospel matters. And, and some say, well, why do you get so hung up on these pieces of the gospel? It is because of this. If you change the gospel, you change Jesus. And if you change Jesus, you, you change and you miss the gospel. We are saved by trusting, by believing in the truth of Jesus Christ. Not just any truth, but God's truth, the truth. And so that's why the gospel matters. If you mess up the gospel, you're going to miss Jesus Christ. And so it is not just possessing the information. It is a saving faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now see this. Scripture tells us if you have that faith, if you have that faith, what does Scripture say? You are saved. You are saved. It is finished. If you have that faith, it is settled. If you have that faith, it is sure. Now stay with me. If it is settled, if it is sure, if it is done, if you have that faith, listen to this, you will persevere. See, see how this marches along. It is a saving faith in Jesus Christ. You've trusted Him as your Savior. And if you have that faith, you will persevere. God's power saves you. And in God's power, the Bible says you will persevere. Now listen here. Perseverance is not the requirement, therefore, of salvation. That's faith alone. Perseverance is not the requirement of salvation. Instead, it is the result of your salvation. And that's, that's the huge distinction. All of these words to get to this point. 
Perseverance is not a requirement of your salvation. That is faith in Jesus Christ alone. But no, it is the result of your salvation. And, and so all of, all of those verses, if someone stalls out, if somebody turns back, rejecting their faith, if they deny the truth, you know what, I don't believe that and that's not the truth and I don't care what I said in the past, but I've turned away. I deny that truth. If they stall out, if they turn back, here's the truth. They were never saved. They were never saved. They did not possess a saving faith because if you have a saving faith in the power of God, you will persevere. You will finish. Now, let me, let me just tell you a scary thing right here. Scary thing is this, that means that you could hear it, and man, you may have heard it for years, it means that you could be around it, you could, you could sing it, you could sing all the songs, you could even say that you believe it, the Bible says you could even teach it, but if that's not, your, if that's not the type of faith you have, Jesus says that there'll be something that says, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Lord, Lord, we were speaking these pieces of information. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. It's not the possessing of information. It's not the possessing of, of facts. It is a faith that trusts those facts that Jesus is our Savior. It is a saving faith. If you have that faith, you will persevere. Adrian Rogers, I like to listen sometimes to Adrian Rogers. Uh, here's, here's how he says it. He says this. The faith that fizzles before the finish had a flaw from the first. And that's, that's how he says it. The faith that fizzles before the finish had a flaw from the first. They did not lose their salvation. They did not reject a salvation that they already possessed. They never had it. And the sign that you have a saving faith in Jesus Christ is that in the empowerment of God, you will persevere. I want to look at one more section of verses that are, that are brought up and probably most often in response to this. And sometimes I have this discussion with folks and they'll bring up this section of verses and I, I don't want to overlook them as well. And so I want to bring up, we're, going to, we're about to wrap it up, but I want to bring up one last section of verses uh, that, that addresses this subject. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through the first part of verse 6. Now listen, here, here's what God's Word says. Some folks, when we bring up this discussion, they'll, they'll turn to these verses. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away. And, and, and they would say, well, listen to the verses. It means that they... They had it. They, they had the Holy Spirit of God. They heard, they received. They are partakers. They partook and they have fallen away. And they would say, well, here it is. Here's the verses that confirm 
This is a, a, a potentiality. This is a possibility. It says they had it. They heard it. They were even sealed with the Holy Spirit, and yet they have fallen away. Well, let me, let me just show you this. These verses are hypothetically speaking. And you'll say, well, that seems like a cop-out. Let me explain it to you. These verses are an example they're, they're, they're hypothetically speaking. What of those that have done this and yet they've fallen away? And you say, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? Well, let me, let me, just, let me just say this. Ask a person or ask a denomination that teaches you can lose your salvation. And, I, and, I, and I'll just say this is 100% for me. Well, can you be saved again if you're, if you're saved and you're lost can you be saved again? If you're lost, if, if you reject it, if you walk away, if you deny it, if maybe the sin is so grievous that in, in that sin you've just said, I've rejected God. If, if you can be lost, can you ever be saved again? And they all say this. Every one of them will say, well, yes. Yes, that's always the goal. That's always the call of God. That's always His grace. It's always come back. Come back, repent. And, and the call of preaching the gospel is that we would call them back. And so you would say, well, it says here that if they've done this and they turn away, can they come back? And they would say, well, yes, of course they can come back. Well, let me show you the verses. For in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away. That is an example that's hypothetically speaking. Here's why. It is impossible to renew them again to repentance since they again crucify themselves to the Son of God and put Him to open shame. That verse says if a person could be saved and not be saved, then they are eternally lost without hope. Here's the truth. It is finished in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In this verse, if, if, if you were to be saved and lost again, He's not going to pay for it again. He's not going to be crucified again and you've died to His crucifixion and so now you need another crucifixion. He has paid the price once and for all. It is finished in Christ. He's not going back to the cross and so you would be eternally lost. Here's the good news. You can't be lost if you have been saved. You cannot be lost. You're not going to have to worry about getting saved again because if you're saved and it's finished by faith in Jesus Christ, it is settled. Listen, the good news is it is finished in Jesus Christ. The good news is the gospel that's not of works doesn't revert to works in the end. The good news of the gospel is not worthy of salvation, not able to be saved, hopeless a part of the work of God through Jesus Christ. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, what an awesome lesson this is. What an awesome thing for four weeks to get to the point to say it is finished in Christ. It is settled in Christ. And so sinner, turn to Christ your hope is in Christ. That is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is finished in Christ. So place your faith in Jesus Christ. Not of any work, lest a man should boast. What a tremendous truth.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. I'm thankful for this truth. And I'm thankful that it doesn't depend upon me. I'm not able. I'm not strong enough. I don't have enough willpower. In fact, the opposite is true. Lord Jesus, I in my sin needed a Savior. And I'm so thankful that I have Him in Christ. I'm so thankful that it's finished in Christ. I'm so thankful that you give me peace in that. I'm so thankful that you didn't put me back on a treadmill, but that it's finished in Christ. Lord, I pray, first off, that many would would receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray if some are listening to this right now, tired of the treadmill, sure that they can't earn it, that they would turn and they would trust Jesus for their salvation. Lord, that's my prayer. And then I pray for some that are walking through this issue. I pray that there's hope and there's peace settled tonight as we understand it's finished in Christ. And I pray the fruit of all of that is until you come back and get us, that we would tell others there is good news. There is good news. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.